Hey guys, today we continue the conversation, my husband and I, as we talk about what are some threats to our way of life that maybe we're not thinking about and maybe just thinking about these things are preparing for them. I know it's scary. I know it's hard to sometimes look at hard things that are happening in the world, but hopefully this conversation, just a candid stream of consciousness gives you some perspective and shares some potential thoughts on what might be coming our way. Let's check it out. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast, and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around, because we're going to laugh and we're going to learn. And above all else, we're going to gain perspective. So another thing that is a huge threat is China, generally, the CCP. And we're, we're just not talking about it. Unless you watch the or listen to the Epic Times, they're very good because they've always covered co- the Communist Party, Chinese Communist Party. The, the moves they're making, obviously, were all under a pandemic that came out of China. I, I'm just like, so many signs point to China is absolutely playing the long game against us and fully succeeding. And of course, we have a government now that's very, very, this is not our, you know, enemy. This is our, China's our competition. We're not in any way positioned to, as just a warrior force, like at all. We're so, we're viewed so weakly. Like, I just am so embarrassed when I'm, I see our ads for our military or that we're christening a Navy ship, Harvey Milk. I just feel like we're viewed so, so poorly on the global stage. And China is such a real threat with absolutely no care for their own citizenship. Obviously, that's how communism works. What risk or what threat does China pose? Is it, and how, how, what is it? (laughs) Go. In a democracy, the political class should directly reflect society. And I think it does in America right now. Hmm. When America was stirred by a populist, no matter how you feel about Trump, America came alive in one sense or another. Again, I say this as objectively as I I mean it in an objective, non-biased way. But we have our heads in the sand on... to such a severe degree and have for so long just behaved as if the people in charge will deal with these things um, with integrity and with loyalty and with our best interests in mind. And um, for a long time, that has been far from the case. And so I don't, I say all that, say actually I don't think China is a threat if we had people with integrity and loyalty to the people of America and at least attempting to have our best interests in mind, China would not be a threat at all. And as somebody who prays for peace and prepares for war, I believe that they don't have to be because in a free market capitalist uh, world, um, we don't have to have them as an inevitable conflict of nations adversary there is a lot that we 
have benefited each other on for a long time. And there's there's no uh, definitive rule that that has to come to an end. So I don't believe China is actually the threat. It's It's our political class, our society not caring, the apathy, the uninformed. And that kind of brings me, if we can transition to the other big threat, is this we we've everyone agrees that like mainstream media is garbage and it has been a whole for a whole long time and you either hate fox news or you hate cnn or you know all this stuff but we it has gone from a agitator to a propaganda mouthpiece there's been a full transition that it is now a centralized narrative just like in china mind you, it is a centralized narrative that voices of opposition are dealt with, either silenced, suppressed, whatever, you know, censored, censored, or yeah, literally killed. You know, what we... Epstein didn't kill himself. (laughs) To speak to something that's relevant recently, for those of you who may not have heard about it, but Glenn Greenwald, who is the founder of Project Veritas, was given joe biden's daughter's diary and he tried to validate the source could not validate the source james o'keefe what did i say glenn somebody oh i said glenn greenwald you're right (laughs) james o'keefe i was like who that's the project veritas glenn greenwald is the guy who broke the edward snowden story Ah. uh james o'keefe thank you for that for you i stand corrected so james o'keefe vetted this source and the documents given to him, in this case, Joe Biden's daughter's diary, which was full of very, very disturbing material. And when he couldn't vet it, he did not run the story and gave it to local, or I forget who he gave it to, but he gave it over police to police, whatever they did. Next thing you know, the FBI is raiding his home at 3 a.m. And they, this is a journalist, mind you, a private citizen, and with trumped up charges, because you have to have something, you know, to get that warrant. And all of his stuff is confiscated, super sensitive, you know, stories that he's working on. Um, Mind you, he did not run the story. And it's not important to get into, like, whether there was any validity to that, but he appears to show... There's no question. This is the issue. There's no question whatsoever if such a diary was in the hands of any other, you know, news outlet or journalist, and it was Trump's child, no question. It would not matter if it were vetted or not. It would have been published, and he would have been impeached a bazillion times for whatever. It's a complete lopsided system where, it again, if you're against the narrative, that's the centralized narrative. You're an enemy of the state, and we will weaponize the state against you. And this should be so alarming. Well, and that's really good because what you just said, because it used to be that the state only had the state to be weaponized. Um, And in a free society, the state is held in check. It doesn't get to weaponize itself against you. 
but what we have in this machine that this melding, which if you look up the definition of fascism and Benito Mussolini, the fascist, like the first fascist, if you will, leader of Italy in World War II, described fascism as the combination, the melding of corporate and state power mm. to be the ruling class. And I'm paraphrasing, but basically the combination of corporate power and political power brought under one rule. So if we're you will. seeing that with Facebook censoring YouTube, Google censoring, um, presenting certain results over others, waiting well, they're, algorithms. They're working together yes. to create that singular narrative sure. and to censor and to suppress and in all, the same way we saw be weaponized the coca-cola and delta airlines jump on with voting laws are racist blah 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 the corporate and the the connection the mandates um the jab mandates um but now now it's not just the state being weaponized against people it's corporations being weaponized against people and i would also say the general public being weaponized Absolutely. against people because now we propagandized and indoctrinated against well, each other. That's the that's the the mechanism with which they're weaponizing the mob. Well, it's interesting you say that because OSHA, being the disciplinarian of the mandate, right? They're meant to what's the word? They're like the regulatory body. Yeah, police this mandate that came from Joe Biden. The rule was issued from OSHA. OSHA is meant to go do the regulating of this rule. And OSHA knows they don't have the staff to go and, and you know facilitate a mandate of this size. So they have said, we're depending on people telling on each other, basically. We're depending on weaponizing coworkers against coworkers, neighbors against neighbors, family members against family members, which... Again, if you look through the lens of history, this this is that action is never on the side of good. It's always on the side of evil, fascism, communism, um, totalitarianism, like all the bad isms. Every every time. bad regime in history has done what's we're utilized at. these types of systems. And I think it's important to recognize. Obviously, this was happening even under Trump's watch, not led by Trump, but still, you know, it's not, this is not a Joe Biden regime we're talking about here. This is a deep state regime. This is a bureaucrat, like the unelected people that never leave office. You know, the, the people that are completely bought and paid for and stay in power. You know, it's not, I think that's where the identity politics is like, oh, it was Trump was the fascist. Now Biden's the fascist. No, no, no. Neither are the fascists. They're the the face of the the giant machine. Is that fair to say? At that moment in history. But the issue is not we need to vote out Biden and it'll all solve itself because that's not what's going to happen. So the first major threat in no particular order was the dollar. Inflation kind of connected. Dollar inflation, really the, the economics of the mon monetary policy. The next was the, the weaponization of the propaganda machine, singular narrative. Which weakens um, us to whatever well, other a, threats exist. It's a exist. divide and conquer, you know, mechanism that 
uh, yeah, we're divided. We fall, united we stand. Um, again, in no particular order. The other one, uh, if we're ready to move on, yeah. is this like vacuum of labor, and we're seeing it obviously in the ports mm-hmm. and the supply chain. We're hearing all this talk about supply chain, supply chain, but we're also really seeing it on Main Street, and I think this is probably the most visible that everybody can say, like, I've seen that. You know, like, inflation, yeah, gas is more expensive. Well, gas is more expensive in other times in our life, and, you know, this and that. It's the most tangible thing is this shortage of labor, and I have, I look and search and search, and everyone's got some sort of explanation for where it comes from or why, you know, but well, I act- we're laying off people in massive numbers, but, but it's even in places that don't necessarily have the mandate effects necessarily. Now, again, I don't have intimate knowledge of every single employer, but it's, that also was a problem before, like everywhere I went would go. There's a hiring Hiring, sign. hiring, yeah. hiring. You know. Forgive us, we're short on staff. Ads on the radio, we're short on staff. Sorry Even before the, the mandate, sure. stuff came. and So now, where is that? It started with the pandemic, and it started with the subsidized stay-at-home Yeah, land. I mean, it started with that the was pandemic, the beginning. for sure. I mean, but obviously, it, things were, we had the hottest economy like in the history of our country right before the pandemic going into an election year for the president that was the most hated by a segment of the people. Yeah, I mean, yes, it started with the Highly pandemic. Highly suspicious. But the, I, it, it, to me, it strikes me as like a, and this might be a dude ref, uh, you know, analogy, but like a, it, it could kill the engine. Because, you know, you got to get enough fuel and enough air mixed in the right proportions for the economy to burn well, right? And it's like, it's not good enough if fuel is, if fuel is people coming in to spend money in a business and air is the people who have to take that money, who have to make it work, wait tables, work cash registers, you know, fix cars, unload ships, you know, if fuel is the, the customer and air is the, the service um, the people providing the service, we're, we've got all the fuel people. I mean, I was in TJ Maxx day before yesterday, walked in and the line was like, no joke, 40 people long, carts full of stuff. And there were two registers open. And I believe those were the only two people in the building. And that worked there. And this is just one example that, yeah, but it's like, if just think of that, because the, the, you can choke out the engine. You can kill the engine if, like, those people just, they walk in with the intention to spend money. But if there's no one to take their money, then they don't. Well, you, you know? left. You left. I, I, I and many other people left. So there is this part of me that's concerned. And, and I don't even know where this fits yeah, in. And why to, is it happening? We still can't. I don't know how, I don't know why it's happening. I don't know how it fits into the, because part of me says, like, if you take all this bull loney away, the the guts of the economy was very strong 20 months ago. We were on fire. This country was growing. 
I mean, we would always talk about downtown Nashville just exploding 35 sky crane projects at a time, you know, yeah. that this economy was burning. It was just on fire. There's a huge well, demand. If you want to work, there's plenty of work and people wanting work and you'll get, a, I mean, people are getting promotions and I mean, you can move up. It's just, yeah. The world's your oyster. And yet we are short. Can't. So I wonder, this is just coming to me as people are, as those positions for whatever reason are, are open on the higher level and people are all moving up a ring. Is that leaving? I mean, we saw months ago now, but $50 if you show up to your interview at McDonald's. You just have to come to the interview at McDonald's and you get $50 in cash to show up for the interview. Well, and locally, the sign, at least like two weeks ago at McDonald's, was $21 an hour. $21 an hour. At McDonald's. And they obviously can't get people to come and do that job. So is it because everyone's moving up and it's leaving the bottom? You know, it, and that kind of ties into, uh, and this is a theory that... I'm not, it's more of a contemplation I've had. It's not even something I believe, but I've wondered about is, is the inflation broader than we're realizing? Because we, we measure inflation in like quarters or months, but that's a very short time window. But even with things like housing and stuff and, and labor, well, now it costs $21 an hour to get someone to come work at McDonald's. That's the, the, the free market at the moment. So burgers are going to go up because you're trying to offset. Yeah, and also even up to like homes and housing. And it's like, or are we in a bubble? Are we in the real estate market nationwide is way up, way, 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 way up. Inflated up, not up like everybody's just got tons of value all of a sudden. Well... And there's different markets and, you know, different markets are doing little different things. And um, I've been hearing that the bubble is bursting in California. Listings are up like three times. Now it's going to take months and months for that to kind of play out or not. But like, what if housing never goes down? Not because the bubble doesn't burst, but because it's for inflationary inflation. reasons. I mean, remember this. Remember this. When, when the veterans came back from World War II, you could buy a house in Northern California for $20,000. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously that changed, right? And it never went and back And it down. never went back, sure, right? Yeah. So I'm going, are we in a period of time where we're realizing, but we haven't realized it yet, where we think, oh gosh, these are expensive. There's going to be We're going to wait for them burst. to go down. Yeah. What if this is the, to use the phrase, new normal? Sure. You know, what if this is the new baseline? Because I don't know that wages will, I mean go down from here. I mean, we're, we're, we have inflated everything. We We, don't see wages go down often. I mean, you don't go from working at $21 an hour and then hiring someone a year from now at $18 an hour when this last guy still, you know, it's like, I mean, it's, it's too difficult to predict. It could happen. I mean, there's policy. There's there, this is not a completely free market. So if policy was changed and there was no, uh, there's there's the labor force. There's people who can't work. Um, there's people who don't work. And there's people who are retired. If you were to stop Social Security tomorrow, people would sure. come out to work. Now well, I'm not I'm not people, advocating that. I'm course. just saying that there are a lot of things in the way that 
could change. Yes, wages could go down. A lot of people are retiring early, leaving the workforce due to job mandates and stuff. Like permanently leaving the workforce earlier than they would have. Absolutely. And I mean, Vanderbilt, I just saw, is hiring 3,000 people. Guess why? You know, now a lot of those people might never work in healthcare again. we're We're in a massive sorting out. And of course, it depends on how the chips fall with things like this mandate. Does it, does it carry through constitutionally? Does it not? Um, I mean, we all have our, we all have our opinions. I mean, it, to me it's black and white, but that doesn't mean that like nothing seems to be going the right way anymore. Um, but those people, are, there, there's a re, those people may never work in healthcare again. And they, you have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who are out of the workforce, but they're not going to go get a job at Red Robin tomorrow. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Not mm-hmm. necessarily for $21 an hour. They're going to pick up their pieces and figure out their life. And it, they're, they're not just going to, no one, no one's able to spin, you know, 160 degrees one way or the other to go do another career path just overnight. So yeah, there is a lot of moving parts right now. So to kind of wrap up, I guess it is, there's a lot to pay attention to. There's a lot to keep your, you know, finger on pulse wise <laughs> to see how things are creeping forward. I think that in so many ways, and this is speaking just of my own experience, I've always been the head in the sand. I know a little bit. I get generally, I don't really fully understand. And that has kind of shifted for me this year where I have a desire to understand. I have a desire to know. I have a desire to see. Um, And honestly, I think a lot of people are resistant to lean in because it seems scary and it seems like there's no control. It seems hopeless. And I would say and encourage you guys to pay attention only because... It has had the opposite effect for me of just feeling like we said before, even just thinking about it, pondering it, you know, is a, is a preparation that is helping my spirit, you know, brace for that impact that hopefully will never come. But if it does, I'm a lot better off than someone who is absolutely coming out of left field on. Right. Um, and I think that you know, we're being called higher. There's a lot of people, obviously the term woke is just a thing these days, right? There are a lot of people being awakened to the ways of the world and to, you know, if we bring this back through the lens of Christianity, the enemy is counting on us not paying attention, being lackadaisical, going with the flow, not pushing back, not challenging, not understanding. That's that makes it so easy for him to deceive us all, for him to get us to just step right into his plan, go with whatever he wants, you know, to direct us to go in, separate us, divide us, you know, and I am reading uh, Bonhoeffer and Bonhoeffer is known to say, uh, there's a quote attributed to him that to know what is evil and to not act is in itself evil. And I'm paraphrasing that, of course, but to not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. And we're in a season where we can't, we can no longer afford to not know, to not see, to not hear. 
you know, the Bible says, if you have ears to hear, listen. <laughs> and it says that actually more than one time. And it, that is something that is just heavy and when why I wanted to start this podcast and why we're having this conversation and why I'm sharing it with you guys is listen, pay attention, be engaged, be involved, try to understand, ask me questions. If I'm the only person, please email me. If you have a subject that you don't understand, actually, I'm going to do a podcast on critical race theory because someone asked me, can you explain it in a way I can understand? I would love to. I would love to know what are the things that you want to understand, but you can't or you don't because this is the time. This is the time to stop looking the other way. You're going to be deceived. You're going to be on the wrong side. And I don't mean on the wrong side, like there's left and right or, you know, politically on the wrong side. I mean, on the wrong side of, of eternity, potentially, there is a, a, a complete act of deception on the land right now. Just a, a, a deep will of the enemy to collect his souls. It's going to be just an easy harvest for him if we continue to just look the other way and not understand and not pay attention. So that's why I wanted to share this conversation that we were having. Just there's things that are going on that people aren't paying attention to. And even just knowing about it and thinking about it is more prepared than not. And yeah, solution. Like, let's just talk about solutions for a second. I mean, if you are registering that we live in Unprecedented, unprecedented times. times because if you're not registering that then if this you've isn't ever for you. in your life been forced to take a medication that is not fda approved to work your job then please email me i'd love to hear about that story but um not aware of that ever happening on earth but if you're if Outside you're registering that this is unprecedented times and you know des- desperate times and desperate times call for drastic measures. So there's, you know, learning about it and, and paying attention is great. But maybe this or something else is, is your wake-up call or the nudge that you needed to, to act on, um, on things that maybe have been floating around your head and your heart for a long time. And I mean... Make that move, you know, get out of that job, whatever that looks like, because they're, you know, they say an ounce of prevention and beats a pound of cure. And if you're standing right where you are, well, they used to say that now they say (laughs) something different. I still say that. (laughs) But if you're standing right where you are doing what you're currently doing, when these things really come home to roost, will you be okay? Will your kids be okay? Will your family be okay? Or could you start doing things, acting to prepare the way for, I mean, all I ever ask for or or expect, I don't expect to dodge everything. I just hope to ease the blow. I know, I fully expect it to get really, really difficult to live on this earth in in my situation my my life my family everything but if i can do some things For the to the bible tells me so to ease the blows then so be it so abs- then it's worth it you know and i'm not talking about for me you know for my family for my kids for my neighbors because this is if we're desperate we'll just 
will be will blow in the wind will be easily controlled and easily manipulated um but if if we are to be disciples and good christians and we need to be leaders we we can't be the ones blowing in the wind we can't be the ones caving and and you know bowing down and and you know taking whatever they give us no we have to be the ones feeding our neighbors we have to be the ones you know the rock leaning into this thing the light and and actually that's when the most progress happens for the kingdom is by people who are leaning in who are not phased um when everyone else would be or is and that has a lot more to do with faith than than earthly preparation first of all but it all goes together. It all goes together. And if God is stirring something in your heart, whether it's getting out of a job or into a different job or becoming more financially independent, getting out of debt, um, moving to a freer state, uh, living closer to the land, being more sustainable or, or, or in, you know, into independent church, church community. I mean, I'm, I'm just throwing some things out there that might be swirling around out there that I know have God has moved in me on in the past that maybe those things hit home, but I just, now is the time to act. Don't be caught when the time comes for this stuff to all come home to roost. Don't be caught standing still doing what you've been doing this whole time. Be leaning into it. If you have ears to hear, listen. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Heavenly Father God, we just continue to come to you knowing that you have the answers. We don't. You know it all. We don't. You see it all. We don't. And your plans are all for our good. And we trust in that, Lord. That's all that we can do. Um, Please give us the confidence to continue to lean in, to continue to be brave, to continue to have ears to hear. Lord, we just pray that we are truly discerning your voice through all the chaos, through all the noise, Lord. Let it be so clear for us. In your son's name we pray. Amen.